You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. You're listening to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for subscribing on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Himalaya. My name is David O'Mill. It's a really great show I've got starting this week off for you. I'm joined by none other than Miami Heat starting center Myers Leonard. Got in touch with Myers last week about something completely different, and he decided to take some time to jump on the podcast. We're very grateful for him taking that time. It'll be the first of two episodes. The second episode will air on Tuesday. And Myers, as always, was very open about almost everything in his life, talking about what it was like finding out about the end of the NBA season, about his teammates, about what he's doing during his off time, and of course how he's progressing as far as his injury is concerned. A lot of great stuff to get into. Hopefully you'll enjoy the show. But here now is Myers Leonard. I'm joined now by eight-year NBA veteran and starting center for your Miami Heat, Mr. Myers Leonard. First and foremost, Myers, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. But most importantly, how are you and your family doing during these difficult times? You know what? Ellie and I are doing well. We have really socially distanced ourselves because we understand um, how important it is. You know, if you, I don't know if you saw um, UD's Player Tribune, but it, it's, it's very real. Now, he can be very straight and to the point, which is what I like about him. Um, and I didn't mind, you know, what he said and, and honestly trying to protect Miami yeah. in a roundabout way. You know, but um, Ellie and I have just been, along with Coco, of course, we've just been bunkered down at the house, um, working out, uh, creating content, streaming, doing the whole thing. So I'm sure we'll jump into all of that. But yeah, we're good. Thank you for asking. Um, we're doing just fine. Yeah, I, I mean, you've obviously been very visible during your hiatus, and I, I think a lot of fans appreciate that. So it's good to know that you're doing well physically and that there are no concerns, at least on that note. Um, but I, I was curious, now that you're on the show, to kind of walk us through that Wednesday when the season came to a very abrupt end, because I think one of the things that we've all dealt with, particularly through the lens of basketball, was how quickly things changed. That Earlier that Wednesday, we're hearing that the city of San Francisco is limiting basketball and limiting limiting events where you can't have too many people participate, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're t- you're talking about having games in front of arenas with no fans, and then a game is being played later that night between the Heat and the Charlotte Hornets, and everything seems to be progressing normally. So you're wondering whether or not eventually these games will be played with no fans, and then during the course of the game, obviously things change very very quickly. So what was your perspective? Because you were on the sidelines, unfortunately, as you're going through an injury. Um, what was your perspective as far as that Wednesday and how it played out for you? Yeah, I just remember, you know, seeing the tweets. I remember before the game saying, hey, did you guys see that in San Francisco, you know, you can't have a gathering of over, I can't remember, it was like 500 or 1,000, which is a lot, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But I'm sure their thought process was, okay, we have an arena that holds whatever, 20,000 people. Um, we, we have to start to... Um, bring this number down because this is, you know, getting scary. And then obviously, as you mentioned, uh, we, the Heat, were playing against Charlotte, and we were here in Miami, and I remember sitting on the bench, and I think it may have been in the third quarter, early fourth, maybe, uh, and UD had said to me, bro, the rest of 
answers for you at this time other than the NBA season has been suspended due to COVID-19 or coronavirus, whichever he said, and that we just have to wait for answers. So I remember thinking in the moment, like, wow, this is very bizarre. Like, how is this possible? I would have never thought, you know, I wasn't in the NBA yet whenever there was the lockout, and now all of a sudden there's a lockout of sorts, but due to uh, a virus. So we waited a couple days. I remember we had a team meeting. You said, look, we still need to get more answers from the league, but, you know, obviously as as a organization, we're going to clean this place, you know, every square inch, every night, um, because I was still going in for PT at that time. Right. And I, I, by the way, I feel totally normal. Everything is fine with me. And I've been quarantined for literally <laughs> since that, that team meeting. I haven't left my house other than to walk my dog. So the point is, is I just remember it being so bizarre and wondering like, dang, is this really going to carry through? You know, maybe this is just a small bump in the road and we'll be able to play in two weeks, whatever it may be. But obviously this is very, very serious. And um, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day that it's really, for me, it's more, uh, it's like habitual for me to get up and be ready to work out or go to the arena or go to practice, uh, be ready for a game, uh, be traveling on the road, like all these different things that honestly my brain is accustomed to, to like thinking is coming, you know, because we we're, we're all creatures of habits and you know, when you're a professional athlete, particularly an NBA player, um, you're so used to one thing. Now, of course, we have our downtime and we, we pick and choose whatever it is that we like to do. But when it comes to like that full steam ahead, staying in shape, and which, by the way, I'm doing all those things. It's just it's very strange. It's a weird feeling waking up and thinking like, uh, well, not leaving the house today. And I don't really have a, a major obligation at this time other than self-discipline to make sure. Uh, I'm staying in shape and I'm, you know, staying on my nutrition plan and getting my sleep and all that, which I am. So, you know, Dave, the best way to hit it is just like, I don't know, it's like bizarre. It's like a weird feeling because I've done one thing for eight straight years and it's just like, okay, where is this going next? We'll talk more with Myers Leonard about the end of the season, what we can do during the off season. Coming up next, you're listening to Locked on Heat. Earlier today, I was really in the mood for some takeout. One of the things that we're hearing a lot about is as businesses continue to struggle amid the outbreak of the coronavirus, one thing we could always do is support our local businesses by ordering as much as possible, trying to boost up sales, and that includes restaurants. And so when I wanted something from a restaurant around town, I knew just who to call. That's Postmates. What Postmates has to offer right now, if you're staying at home, you're probably thinking about what to eat for dinner, what to eat for lunch, and that's why you should use Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant you can think of right to your door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers or sushi or pizza. They make your life easier with grocery delivery and whatever you can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store. No more late night fast food runs. You don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on an Apple phone or an Android. Find your favorites. Get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your week of free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. 
a definite point. You brought up a lot of things that I definitely want to get to more detail about, but that is a concern for me because obviously, I mean, covering the team for as long as I have, you, you know, players are well they're they're married to their routines in a lot of ways and that defines a lot of what they do whether they're at home or on the road and so you have to be filled with these kind of periods of if not necessarily boredom still trying to kind of redefine how you go about your daily life right uh yeah absolutely and i'll say this um i am absolutely obsessed with basketball i i love it i love to compete i'm i'm so thankful to be in the position that i'm in um just in general and with the Miami Heat, the, their willingness to, in a way, kind of seek me out and allow me to come in and be a leader in the locker room and, you know, every game I've played in, I've started, you know, I really feel that I've had a pretty big impact and I can say that with confidence and I've continued to work and show my teammates every single day. Uh, when I walk through that door, there's two things that nobody could ever question about Myers Leonard. That's my character and my work ethic. And so... If we win or lose, I have a good practice, bad practice. None of that it matters. But when I walk out of the door, they're going to know that I'm a great teammate and a great person, and, and I'm never not going to put the work in. So that's where I'm so comfortable in my own skin at this point in my career and as a man that um, that's where I'm at there. But um, the reason I brought all that up was to say that, yes, I love basketball, but I also have um, other passions and – I, you know, I love my wife. Like I, I, I love to, you know, grow our relationship. So the, honestly, this downtime has allowed for us to spend even more quality time than we're used to having. And so I remember the day after um, we got the official NBA suspension um, notification uh, that my wife and I sat down, we had breakfast, we went up to our office, and we said, okay, this is an opportunity for us to not just sit around and do nothing. It's actually an opportunity to, to seize the moment and do things that we haven't had time to do, which includes spending time together, uh, creating certain content, starting a podcast. Uh, for me, streaming and being on Twitch and interacting with fans in that way, um, among many other things, honestly, in terms of just growing our relationship and growing Level Foods, creating content there, like... We've had a, a lot of time, obviously, and we're not just sitting around doing nothing with it. Right. We are looking to expand and, and figure out different ways to not only grow our businesses and ourselves as individuals, which also comes with meditation in the morning and working out in the morning and all those, all those things, but also, we, we uh, I, I mean this from my heart, we truly love impacting people. That comes at Christmas, that comes at other holidays, but it also comes with what do we put out there? What are we willing to share? And I think that we are really starting to dial in exactly what we want to do and how we're going to deliver it. So it's been, it's been a, honestly a, a fun transition. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but it's been a fun transition to um, attack the world, I guess, with, with my wife and I's self-discipline and, and willingness to want to do more. No, I, I totally understand that. It was uh, about 15 years ago when I first met my, my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time, and it was following a hurricane, and we were without power for a couple of weeks, uh, like most of the city. But the weather seemed to be – the weather dropped really sharply. Like, we were we were experiencing some amazing Miami weather, 
and I'll, I'll never forget the fact that like as people are quote unquote suffering through this process here the reality is that I was able to take a lot of that time to spend with her and the beginning of our relationship and really grow and, and do a lot of things that I normally would not have been able to do as we were both with full-time jobs and things of that sort so I totally understand that even out of a tragedy or a tragic circumstance like this you're still somehow able to kind of look positively and continue to build from that so it's it's uh it's i to something i totally understand um but i'm curious though have you been in contact with some of your teammates either past or present teammates i have yes so um for example last night i was on ig live um i caught wind of something justin bieber has been going live and occasionally he will there's a ton of requests of course that flood in whenever he goes live like I want to go live with Just Bieber I want to go live with Just Bieber so he will just randomly select I don't know how many people it's been but he'll you know talk to them for I don't know 10, 30 seconds whatever it may be and I did that last night and Dame um, Dame Lillard came to my uh, IG live and said what's up which was super cool um, you know I've texted with a majority of the guys but I, I said to my wife I really want to reach out to a few guys so I the guys right up the top of my head, I texted Jimmy, Bam, and Derek um, just to say what's up. And, you know, it's I, I, someone asked me this the other day, like, well, what's going to happen when everybody comes back? Like, both with the Heat and with the league, like, are people going to be disjointed? Like, is it going to, you know, are guys staying in shape? And I said, look, I don't know about other organizations, but I can say, obviously, with the Heat, Pat, and, you know, Spo and the rest of everybody, we have a certain level of, um, professionalism and, and expectation that you know you are to stay in shape and do what you can to be as well prepared whenever this does resume and so that that does come with staying in contact and, um you know whether it's via facetime or texting and also i think that because although i've only been here one year there's guys obviously that have been here for a long time you know ud for example obviously uh, one of the captains of the locker room, the captain of the locker room, and having a guy like that and a guy like Goran who has had a meeting with Spo and said, look, we need you to be the sixth man. Would you do it? Of course, being selfless, he says, yeah, I can do that. He's an unbelievable player who is now allowing for young guys to slowly come into their own with Tyler, Duncan, um, Kendrick, those guys. And, you know, I've got a certain role. Bam has blossomed. Jimmy is obviously a superstar and impacts the game on so many different levels. Um, you know, Jay, Iggy, Solo, like all the guys we got at the break, everyone who's been here, KO, I, I don't want to miss anybody. Of course, I can name everybody off. The point is we have a strong locker room. We truly do. Yeah. And people talk about chemistry and people talk about family or brotherhood, whatever it may be. We most certainly have a locker room that wants to win, that are ultra competitive, and we care about each other. And sometimes, honestly, I'd say it is unfortunate that this business, the NBA that is, can become a bit um, too individualized, if that makes sense. And guys are thinking, oh, my contract, or oh, I need to get this many shots, or oh, I'm mad now because I'm not playing this, that, and the other. One thing Spo talks about, um, honestly, fairly consistently is um, – you have to enjoy someone else's success. And I absolutely love that. You know, I learned so much about myself in Portland, both as a player and as a man. I admittedly had ups and downs. I wish from the beginning I would have been the player that I am today. That just wasn't the case. But one thing, always remain constant. I was going to put the work and I was going to be a great teammate. It was never fake rah-rah, I'm happy for you. It was true, like, man, I'm happy for you, bro. I'm happy you're playing well. And hopefully when I got my 
opportunity, I'll play well. And I'll quickly touch on this because it is it is a story that I think is fairly powerful for any basketball player, baseball player, anybody who's looking to get through a tough time. I remember at the trade deadline, Yusuf Nurkic was still healthy, and we got Ennis Cantor. And in my head, I have to admit, I thought, okay, well, that means that they don't believe in me. And I've showed this entire season that I can play. I know that I can impact winning. And so I remember sitting in my house that night, and I said to myself, Myers, this is like this is a test. Deep down in my heart, I knew that at some point, I just knew I was going to get an opportunity. So I told myself, whatever you do, do not give in. So I worked maybe even harder than I was to stay in shape, to get extra shots up before and after practice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, long story short, I ended up getting a little bit of time, but not much throughout the, 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 the last third of the season after the All-Star break. And boom, all of a sudden the playoffs are like, well, we need Myers' shooting, you know, we need his communication, whatever else it may have been, they, they put me in. And obviously I played well. And honestly, I think that's what's, that is what allowed the Heat to say, hey, we want that guy. And that has now carried into me being here and having an opportunity that I've had here in Miami in my eighth season. So my point of saying all that is, is just I, I was not willing to give in. Even in my eighth season, I could have honestly been like, you know what, as a seventh-year vet, you guys are screwing me over, you know, whatever. So we have a strong locker room. I'm thankful to be here. And I think whenever all this resumes, we are going to be just fine. I'll say this. I think you're being extremely modest for, for those of my listeners that don't recall your performances in last year's playoffs. I mean, they were some of the best games of your career, and, and you truly stood out. Even on a team with loaded with talent like Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum and others, you, you were your performances really outshone a lot of those players. And so I think it, not only did it certainly make you much more uh, attractive to teams like the Heat as far as the acquisition and everything else like that, but I, I think it certainly highlighted a lot of what your skills are, are and how capable you are of making a very positive impact out on the floor. Remember to listen to and subscribe to new and archived episodes of Locked on Heat on Himalaya as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, please leave a rating and review, especially if it's a good one. And now on to the end of our conversation with Myers Leonard. Yeah, and I will echo for, I mean, my listeners have heard me say this numerous times, that locker room, and I've been in some that have been very testy and not as friendly and cohesive, that locker room currently in Miami is one of the best I've seen. There seems to be a genuine a genuine admiration and respect for one another a willingness to kind of understand your role and to to help everybody else succeed and to grow as a unit from that success and so that's been one of the unsung surprises for me from this past season is seeing that cohesive unit and you know it's easy to kind of dismiss that especially I think from around the country and for people who aren't in that locker room as regularly as I am and certainly not as regularly as you are you take the into consideration the addition of Jimmy Butler the fact that it's a young team etc and it could seem like a recipe for disaster when in fact it's been the exact opposite and and it's something that Butler pointed out recently in the the podcast with JJ Reddick I'm not sure if you actually listened to podcasts or not but it was yeah, I did listen to a bit of that yeah yeah it was a phenomenal perform- show from uh, from Jimmy and one of the things he mentioned was how important it is for everybody to understand their role and to kind of just fit along that way and that's what his idea of leadership is is kind of just help everybody dis- define that role 
and to understand it. And it's worked. I mean, this team has been one of the best teams in the league all season long. And I think a big part of that is everybody understanding the role. Would you agree with that sentiment? You are absolutely right. And again, the thing about the NBA is guys have been the guy their whole lives, sure. right? They're sure. used to getting X amount of shots or it being about them. I, I have to be completely honest. Am I ultra competitive? Yes. Do I love taking, you know, multiple shots during games? Yes, of course. Everybody likes to score points. Everyone wants to be the guy. And I've had big games this season where, you know, honestly, the night, the game before I got hurt, it was in Orlando. They put their five on me. I, I don't know. I knocked down four or five threes. I, I had like 18 and 14. I helped us win that game. You know, like everyone has their role and everybody has their night. And, you know, there are certainly guys such as Jimmy and Bam mainly who are going to be in a majority of the actions and are clearly uh, our two best players. But everyone has to understand their role. I was, I had no issue coming in and taking on the physical demand of being the five, you know, setting screens when called on, uh, guarding the five, boxing out, allowing Bam to fly around the floor and be an absolute uh, elite defender. Uh, same with Jimmy. And I just, I understand what my role is. I don't need a lot of shots. I'll knock down shots when I'm open. I'll finish around the rim. I'll be a great communicator on the defensive end. Do I want to be a superstar? Sure. But I'm a superstar in my role, and I'm okay with that. Some guys can't come to that realization, and that becomes the issue. We have defined roles. Jimmy and Bam, elite defenders. Duncan, obviously, knocking down shots, spreading the floor, playing his tail off on the defensive end and continuing to improve. Um, Kendrick and Tyler coming to their own, put the ball in the basket, continue to work on making plays for others, and continue to work on the defensive end. Jay, Solo, and Iggy, all three have incredible intangibles for the game of basketball. They all understand when they should be taking shots. They all understand how to defend and rebound and, you know, play well at their position. Um, KO, come in, you know, spread the floor, knock down shots, do what you do, like be that guy. Um, I got to go, Derek Jones, absolutely lockdown defender, freaking nature athletically, playing above the rim. Take shots with confidence. We are okay with that because you bring so much to the table. Um, UD, Captain, please speak up. We need to hear your voice. Goron, come off the bench. Be, you know, be the trigger. Be the, the playmaker. Knock, you know, take take those aggressive moves to the rim. Uh, knock down shots. Be willing to have, honestly, the you-know-what between your legs to take the big shot. Like, he's he's got that it factor. Like, throw throw G the ball, he's, he's going to find a way to get one off. Yeah. Um, who else? Let me, I mean, I don't want to miss anybody. Um, no, I think you hit on everybody, to be honest with you. So, so the point is, is everyone has to understand their role, and so many teams don't understand that. They really don't. They're worried about me. They're worried about the money. They're worried about, uh, you know, so many different things, the wrong people in their ear. But we truly, like Jimmy hit on, we, we do have a group of guys that understand their role, and that's what it takes to, to win a championship and to win games on a night-to-night basis. And quickly, I'll hit on Jimmy. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Jimmy is incredibly misunderstood. Um, I think that he is rewriting that narrative here in Miami because it's a place for him. UD put it perfectly. He said, if you put Jimmy in a cage with a bunch of cats, he's going to growl. But if you put him in a cage with a bunch of dogs, he's going to fit right in. The point is, is Jimmy has an incredible, incredible amount of discipline. Uh, his work ethic is off the charts. 
he ultimately all he wants to do is win and he's going to put that above L, everything else and so when other people aren't aligning with that it can get under his skin and by the way we're getting paid ridiculous amounts of money to play basketball I'm sure we're all thankful for that or whatever but the point is is we're just playing basketball you should have the discipline to do what you need to do stay ready stay locked in and put winning above all else because of how blessed we are I have no issue with Jimmy wanting guys to be incredibly disciplined like him I see no issue there we are blessed and we should just simply do it I mean I just have to I have to say that again because not to mention also Jimmy's a great guy unbelievable teammate uh, we talk all the time like he cares a lot about his teammates period yeah well I'm curious like you know obviously you spent the last few months together on this team but what was the opinion maybe widely held throughout the, the the Trailblazers locker room or things that you may have heard during your seven seasons in the NBA as far as Jimmy and, and what his personality was like and how that changed you know very quickly once you joined the Heat? Honestly, that he's whatever, just quote unquote a little different, but that just means that uh, that he's whatever an asshole or too hard on his teammates or is a little crazy. No, no, that's not actually what he is. Those feelings were provoked mm-hmm. because of the fact that he is such a hard worker and wants to win, which is ultimately what everybody should be wanting to do. Right. So therefore, whenever you get a group of people or a group of whatever, it's, if it's NBA players, a group of media, whomever it may be that start to write this narrative like, oh, well, Jimmy seems a little crazy. He's, he's like an asshole. No, no, he's not. Jimmy is about the right things. And that's a fact. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, my interactions with him have always been positive, and I can understand why people are, you know, people who don't interact with him very regularly might be, uh, you know, concerned or write this negative narrative, but that has not been the case, at least in my experience. That's the end of part one of my conversation with Myers Leonard. Thank you so much for listening to the show. That's it for today. You can connect with me on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOP or email me at logtalkheat at gmail.com. I'm David Ramil signing off and thanking you as always for your support. Yeah! Wrap it up, dude. Um.